1990, an Austrian singer ended up in a Swiss pre-selection with a violin. He was pretty well known throughout Austria, Germany and Switzerland as a part of the successful Schlager group Die Paldauer, which he had left the year before to focus on his solo career. What's his memories from Zagreb? Why did he return to the contest in 98 and gave the song away? How many more attempts has he done to reach Eurovision and what is he doing today? This is Eurovision Legends with your own budget Mozart, Emil Lövström. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Egon Egemann. You're welcome too. Uh, I, I'm happy to be here. How's life treating you in Switzerland on a day like this? I love to be in Switzerland. Uh, we have hot weather at the moment after a lot of rainy days, but now it's 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 okay. It's fine. Great. The the rain is here right now, just so you oh, know, I see you. <laughs> with some thunder and lightning. Uh-huh. I would like to warm up with some quick questions to loosen up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First memory from watching the Eurovision Song Contest. Well, I started to watch uh, Eurovision Song Contest when I was uh, a little boy. And uh, I, I think it was uh, around the 60s where Udo Jürgens uh, once uh, was one of the winners. Yeah, merci, chérie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> merci, merci. Merci für die Stunden, chérie, chérie, chérie. Best song from Switzerland in Eurovision. Oh, best song from Switzerland. Or shall we say Austria, maybe? Yeah, Aust- Austria, that's a clear thing. Yeah? I would say Conchita. Rise like a phoenix. Yeah. And what a voice. Yeah, great, really great. I loved her. I, I like the song f- uh, from John Tears this this year. Yeah, he's he's a great singer and and it's a it's a, a great song. Least favorite song from Switzerland or Austria in Eurovision. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to put anyone down. I don't want to be put down from anyone else, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say pause. No, there was one song where I think uh, Russian girls uh, represented Switzerland. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't Estoni- know the year. Estonian girls. No, not Estonian girls. Uh, or was it... Or uh, uh, was it uh, Ukraine? Uh, uh, they they represented Switzerland. I don't remember the name of these girls. It was it was a something like a scandal a scandal girl girl band. Wasn't it Vanilla Ninja? Ah yeah 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 that that yeah. yeah. But they were from Estonia. Ah, they were from Estonia. Yeah. I, I didn't like that. Who 
should have won Eurovision but didn't? I think it was uh, this two, this duo from from uh, Netherlands. They had something like a country song. should not have won Eurovision but did <laughs> well uh, an act like like Lordy was mm. was not my thing you know like uh, it's a question of taste of course absolutely but now we're talking about your taste yeah I would say Lordy who got your vote in this year's final in Eurovision I liked very much uh, this this entry from Litauen. It was very very uh, it was a, it was a nice song. Discotech with yeah. the roof, yeah. Yeah. That was my favorite too actually. And <laughs> uh, last quickie. Favorite country in Eurovision besides Switzerland and Austria. Ireland. Great! You survived the first part! <laughs> That's great! <laughs> Egon, how did music get into your life? Oh, music got in my life very early. My grandfather was playing violin and I got a violin f- uh, from him as a present when I was about five years old. And I fell in love with this instrument and started to practice and practice and went to music school and and that's like things developed for me. Uh, Yeah, and your music career started early in life. And as a teenager, you became a part of the Austrian Schlager group, Die Paldauer. Yeah, it was not. I was not a teenager. I was in the in the beginning 20s, I would say. Okay. (laughs) They they asked me if I if I were interested. After uh, I was already teaching violin on the music school in Austria. Yeah. And Franz Griesbacher from the Paldauer asked me once if I were interested in in touring through Switzerland. So anyhow, I intended to do something different. You know, to find maybe a new way of. of First of all, earning money (laughs) (laughs) and uh, by making music, of course. So I took the chance and and went with them to Switzerland. And that's how it started up. What was it like to be part of a group? It was a nice thing because uh, I wasn't really a a fixed part of the group. I was a, a part of the show, of the midnight show. And I my my uh, job was to create a new midnight show with them uh, as a, a violinist, a soloist, you know. Yeah. And I did all this virtuous uh, violin stuff, and it was very successful in Switzerland and also uh, in in Germany and and Austria. In the Nacht, in the Nacht, habe ich oft an dich gedacht, und ich fühlte mich alleine, denn Freunde habe ich keine mit mir ziehen, so schnell dir war. Egon Lackner is your birth name. Why did you adopt a stage name? Well, Egemann is in fact it's it's not a stage name, it's a it it was a nickname. 
mm-hmm. because when I was studying uh, music in in Graz at the at the conservatory, guys from Germany always didn't call me Egon; they always called me Egemann. Mm, okay, <laughs> so yeah. it came from Egon. Yeah, during the years nineteen. 19- Well, according to the Paldawas homepage, they said that you were among them from 1980 to 1989. Yes, that's that's true. But aren't you born 1963? No, that's that's wrong. Internet sometimes is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we don't need to know how how old you are. So, but <laughs> Google, Google is not always right. That's why I call you. <laughs> Okay, but during the no. years 1980 to 1989, you tried to start your solo career and released some singles. And there was also an album released. Yes, uh, my first album, uh, we recorded it in 1979 and it was released in 1980 and it was an instrumental. Yeah, with you on the violin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I even made a, an album with a, with a radio big band from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. It's a, a jazz album because basically I come from classical music and jazz music. I, that's what I studied. And uh, from these recordings, I could offer you something really nice with a, with a big band, the, t- the typical big band sound. Yes, please. We move forward in 1990. You took part in the national final for Switzerland. Mm-hmm. How did you end up there? Well, f- first of all, I, I decided to to leave uh, Paldauer, yeah, because I wanted to to find uh, again a, a new way, a new and had new plans in my in my in my brain, in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to know this uh, manager from uh, Daniela Simons, mm, yeah, Urs Peter Keller. And at that time, he also was uh, manager of Attila Serevduk and Nella Martinetti, who later on uh, composed the song for Celine Dion. Yes, exactly. Yeah. At that time, I I was still mainly the the instrumentalist, you know, yeah. playing violin and in 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 all my shows, you know, I didn't really sing. <laughs> Not with the Paldawa at all. Uh, yeah, I I I was a singer in the background, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. because I produced all the albums from uh, Paldawa. Exactly. It yeah. was around seven or eight albums, but I I just. I was working particularly as a as a producer and composer and writer, you know. And I didn't really sing, you know. But uh, Urs Peter Keller, he encouraged me to maybe combine singing with playing violin. Yeah. And I tried it out, and the first thing I tried out was an entry for the for the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> 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 and it went pretty well. Uh, what can you tell us about the song "Musik klingt in die Welt hinaus"? Well, in fact, it's it's not talking about uh, a love between uh, two guys, a girl and boy. It's talking about love between me and my instrument. Yeah. Uh, me and my violin, and that's that's basically the the meaning of the song how i found it and how i uh, uh, learned to love the sound of, of the of the instrument and and play it Musik 
sang the demo uh, me I sang the demo and and sent it to the to the jury and they accepted it for the for the pre-show in Switzerland you know yeah which was in Lugano and uh, with with 10 entries from Switzerland and I won it I believe it was eight entries or oh, eight eight maybe yeah. uh, do you still have the demo uh, no <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Did it sound exactly like it sounded later when you performed it? It sounded it sounded quite quite similar. Yeah, it, uh, it was there was not made many different things and additional things, you know. Yeah, who did you see as your biggest competitor in the national final, nineteen ninety? Uh, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I found myself. Not the best singer. Okay. No, till, till today, it's it's like that, you know, because I'm I I never was the, a big singer, and that's why I uh, finally mainly went back to to being an instrumentalist, you know. And at that time, uh, there were many, so many f- uh, good singers in this in this uh, uh, pre show in yeah, this show yeah, in, yeah. in in Lugano. Yeah. Like like Sandra Studer. Yes, she came last. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't understand it. I really didn't understand it, <laughs> and in a way, I felt I felt like like uh, guilty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to win this. <laughs> uh, Sylvie and Joel sang the song "Dit à vous enfant," and Sylvie Maitres is probably more known for her stage name. Naja, which she used in 1999 when she competed for France in Eurovision uh-huh. and screamed the song Je veux donner ma voix into pieces. Do you remember them? No, I have a very bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> In regard to, particularly in regard to names and, and, uh, yeah. Because they were the favorite to win before the show. In Lugano? Yeah. Ah, I see. I didn't know that. Now you tell me. And as we said, uh, Sandra Struder came last. And a funny nerd fact is that she later was also the presenter in 1998 when you competed for the second time. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, this this I remember. <laughs> uh, since this was a very long time ago and the statue of limitations surely must have expired by now, there's something I feel that I must bring up. Because you were not a Swiss citizen at the time, but mm-hmm. Austrian. That's right. And your Swiss wife, Cornelia Lackner, is the one credited for the song. Although you normally uh, have written songs afterwards. Yeah. Did you really not have any input on the writing process of this particular song? Again, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, she she gave me some inputs. It it was the other way around. She gave me some inputs, and I I wrote the song after her inputs. You know, yeah, yeah. That's that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Now I can say it. Yeah, that's great. That's great because we knew it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that you knew it. <laughs> But I needed you to say it. Uh, with a three-point margin, you won and got to travel to former Yugoslavia. What was that like? Well, first of all, I couldn't believe it. I, I really couldn't believe it. And, and I was uh, a bit uh, very surprised. That's, that's the feeling I had. <laughs> Because even at that time, I, I, I didn't feel like a... Uh, like a great singer, you know, and uh, that's what what I'm still thinking about myself uh, as a singer, you know. Yeah. What are your memories from Zagreb? I have good memories. Uh, I mean, it's it's a uh, uh, it has been a great, uh, as I said before, uh, a great experience to be on a on a stage like this. And it was one of the last years uh, where you got the chance to perform with a a big live orchestra, and it's was a was a quite a great feeling. Did you notice that Yugoslavia wasn't very stable as a country? Yes, we noticed that because uh, there were there were extremely security uh, stuff and 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 all these uh, things around happening you know when you when you go into the hall and and uh, yeah it was it was kind of special did anything happen behind the scenes i remember one strange thing there was one yugoslavian uh, composer who claimed Uh, the rights for my song. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that? Yes. Have you heard about that? Yes, I've heard about it. Uh, but I, I didn't find the information what the, what, what his yeah, name and, was. And nobody was uh, was nobody could understand why he did that. You know, because uh, he didn't prove it with a song or anything. It was it was strange. You know, it it uh, yeah. But nothing happened. No, nothing happened. Nothing at all. <laughs> the song changed a little bit in the arrangement compared to the Swiss national final and the arranger of the song was also the conductor Bella Balint yes who had arranged the song Papumois from 1986 to we raised it up uh, a half tone to get some more powerful you know like like uh, that's that's the only reason why we did that I love the new in arrangement. It's so uh -huh. bombastic. Yeah, yeah. He did a good job. He yeah. did a really good job. Play the violin live. Yes, yes, I played the violin live. Do you still have the violin from 1990? Yeah, the white violin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's in the other room. Yeah. 
could we hear when you play a snippet of Musik klingt in die Welt hinaus? Of course, just a second. Lovely! <laughs> still here <laughs> of course <laughs> marvelous it's ah oh, it's so beautiful it's so beautiful thank you so much for that thank you so much yeah, for that I did it. i'm so impressed every time people can play uh, an instrument gorgeous as far as i can remember and i'm certain that my listeners will correct me if i am wrong you were the first eurovision artist to play the violin on stage That's right. That's right. And that was basically that was the idea, you know, to to combine singing with uh, playing an instrument. Yeah. And particularly this uh, idea with the violin. The competition in 1990 was heavily criticized, partly due to a blatant mishap when the very first song from Spain had to start over since the sound engineer failed to root the pre-recorded music into the ears of the conductor so that he uh -huh. could synchronize it with the live music. Did you witness this when it happened? I I, I remember there was there was happening something strange but I I didn't really At the time when it happened, I didn't realize it because uh, I was uh, really busy with myself, you know. <laughs> so it didn't make you more nervous about your own performance? No, not really. Were you, were you nervous? Yes, I was. Not extremely, but uh, I knew I had to focus everything on these three minutes uh, and I did it uh, in a way to focus on the public in the in the hall you know yeah not thinking about how many people are watching in the whole world and that uh, worked out quite good yeah it definitely did yeah italy won with insieme while yes. france and ireland tied second What are your opinions about the top three? Well, for me, uh, this uh, Toto Cotunio song was, was great, really great. And it was from the be beginning on, when I heard it, it was the winner song. Yeah. It was, for me, it was a clear thing. Was that your personal favorite of the songs also? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
With 51 points, you earned an 11th place, which mm-hmm. was top half since there were 22 songs competing. Yes. Were you satisfied with that outcome or disappointed? I would say there's always a little a little disappointment when you when you are not in the in the first third, you know. But in the end I was I was yeah, it was okay for me. I was satisfied because I knew there were so many parti- participants years before from Switzerland <laughs> who were 18th or 19th or 20th and and uh, yeah, it was it was okay for me. Uh, and you got this is funny nerd fact, but you got two twelves and one eight, and you got fifty one points. And with two twelves and one eight, we already uh-huh. have thirty points. That means that two countries really loved my song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened after Eurovision? I mean, directly after. Uh... Did this change your life? Yeah, in a way it changed my life because I started my solo career in this year. Yeah. And it helped me a lot, of course, because uh, I founded my own band and we did a lot of shows. And yeah, with this with this background from Eurovision Song Contest, of course, in, in particularly in Switzerland and Germany and Austria, I had a good basics. Yeah. I know you released some albums there afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I continued singing, you know, yeah. The, yeah. combining singing and playing violin. Yeah. Particularly in the 90s, I did that. And later on, I did it in, a, in another way, you know, in a new way uh, with, with this project Mad Manouche. Yeah. Which we are going to talk about later. Yeah, okay. I promise you, I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> In 1992, Geraldine Olivier won the Swiss national final with a song titled Soleil Soleil. Mm-hmm. The song was composed by the singer herself and P.G. Wasserman and later produced by you. Yes. The song got disqualified after the victory since the composer first had sent it to the French language internal selection with French lyrics and got rejected. Soleil. And sent it to the German language internal selection with German lyrics and was chosen.
And for those who don't understand a thing here, Switzerland is a multi-language country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the song competed with German lyrics and won the competition with six points over Daisy Ouvray, which later would go to Malmö in 1992, uh-huh. since Soleil Soleil got disqualified. What can you tell us about the song Soleil Soleil? Basically, I just produced the the first uh, the first entry for for this uh, Swiss show in French and or German or both in in French. And yeah. what happened later on well, had nothing to do with me. <laughs> I totally get that, but and that's why that's why I know nothing about it. I didn't want to know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in retrospect, in my opinion, well, whatever the rules said, I think it's a pity they didn't let Soleil Soleil compete for Switzerland in Eurovision yeah, 1992. To, to my opinion, too. <laughs> Since it's so much better than Mr. Music Man, uh-huh. which Switzerland instead sent. You competed again in the Swiss pre-selection. And this time you had given the song to another artist, Gunvo. Yeah. Who I talked to in this podcast only some weeks ago. Uh-huh. How come you chose her? Well, we got to know each other through our manager. Yeah. Uh, at that time, uh, I was managed by Rolf Egli and he always made some uh, talent scouting, you know. Yeah. And he found her... Uh, at a tap dancing competition, and I, I guess she she told him that she always also was singing, and uh, they made some demos together. And he told me from Gunvor, you know, like like, and I hear her, and I thought she was a, a a quite good singer. Yeah, and that's how we we got to work together. Did you present the song Lazin to anyone else? No. No, because uh, she came. She came with uh, with uh, lyrics, lyric yeah. ideas. Yeah, and I was just uh, uh, responsible for the music, you know. So she sang the demo too that was sent to the Swiss. Yes. Do you still have this demo? Maybe somewhere in the catacombs. <laughs> <laughs> In the deep, deep, deep catacombs. <laughs> In the dungeon. Yes. <laughs> In the dark net. <laughs> I assume that it was instrumental from the beginning. Uh, the demo of Lassin, you yeah, mean? Yeah, the first production you, you showed her. Or how did you present the song to her? I think I played it, I played it on the violin, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's Long, long ago. (laughs) 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 Tempi (laughs) Pasati. So this was the first time you submitted anything to the Swiss pre-selection since 1990. Yes, that's right. Yeah. 
By a pretty big margin of points, Lazin won the Swiss pre-selection and everything went well. But as we all know, the press began to speculate about her private life and wrote Mm -hmm. headline after headline with new scandalous details every day leading up to the performance in Birmingham. What was it like for you to stand so close and watch this happen? Very, very strange. Very, very strange. And I was a bit, uh, I was, uh, honestly, I was a little bit sad about the way how the the press media put her down, you know, yeah, for, for nothing, yeah. really for nothing. Yeah. And they, they were searching and searching for things that uh, nobody was uh, sure that they even exist, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's was it was a, a very sad story. Yeah, I totally agree. And I remember from the Swedish press, they wrote they wrote about her because she had uh, Swedish um, relatives. Uh, her grandfather is, uh, was yeah. Swedish. Yeah, and that's why she she uh, her name Gunvor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest, here no one is is called Gunvor in Sweden nowadays. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Old ladies and Gunvor from Switzerland. Uh-huh. I remember that they even wrote that maybe she has silicone. Horrible, horrible. Okay, okay. But how much would you say that this affected your week in Birmingham? Uh, I don't think so. It didn't I don't a- think so because it- because uh, the big audience, uh, the rest of the world, I would say, didn't know anything about these uh, sad things. You know, I I don't think that the the reason for these zero points uh, has to be found there. You know. Yeah. How did this affect Gunvor? Well, I think we all were disappointed at the moment, you know. But at least very soon we came around with that, you know. Like like uh, like everybody will come around with it, you know. Yeah. Israel with a diva one. United Kingdom second and Malta third. Did you have any personal favorites yourself in 1998? Not, not really, not really, and uh, particularly not, not this Steva song. <laughs> Why? Why? Because it it was too much disco for me. It was too much. It was too 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 clean. Too less music, and yeah. The song Lazin didn't earn any points, uh, as we said here before. Do you have any theories as to why? For me, this is a no-brainer and should absolutely have got some points. So I, yeah, I, because yeah. because she 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 uh, Gunvor did a very good performance. Yeah, she sang very good. Yeah, and basically, I I really didn't understand what was happening, and I guess you will never find the 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 reason for it. It happened like it happened. The bookmakers tipped you to be among the top ten. That's the strange thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember that. Uh, France had pretty low odds too, but they only got three points. So you can never know in advance what will happen in Eurovision. That's that's right. But honestly, how devastated were you? You mean disappointed? uh, Exactly. Yeah, at the moment, of course, we were disappointed and we we didn't understand what was happening. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah... When you sleep one, two, three nights over it, uh, you accept it. Life is going on. Yeah. What was it like to travel back home this time? 
I mean, going back to Switzerland with the press. Yeah, it it, it continued uh, in the same manner. You know, like like uh, I guess for Gunvor it was was not easy. Uh, I was in the in the easier position to be in the back. You know, it's uh, yeah. You did one more song with Gunvor titled "Money Makes." And that song flopped on the charts in Switzerland. Was that the reason your collaboration with her ended? Or why did that happen? No, uh, that was not the reason for uh, ending the collaboration. I think it was more the reason that uh, the the record company was not really interested in continuing producing and and, uh, publishing, you know. Yeah. And so it it just went to the sand, you know. Yeah. I actually have the CD single of Money Makes in my hand r- r- just right now because a fan of the podcast sent it to me after my interview with the Gunnborg. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very 90s. It's yeah, extremely yeah, 90s. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> But did you did you do more songs to her that never got released? Uh, not really, no. So only two no. songs with Gunvor. Yes, yes. Have you submitted anything more or tried out to participate in Eurovision again as a composer or singer? Uh, yes, there was one song which I submitted to the jury in the end of the nineties, and it was uh, called the song was called Gegen den Strom. And uh, that's a that's a, to to my opinion one of the best songs I ever wrote. You mm. know, like did you send it to Switzerland or Austria? In Switzerland. Mm. Can we hear it? Of course. Whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> When we went to the 2000 years, I had completely new ambitions, you know, like, like, uh, and plans musically and uh, Eurovision Song Contest got not interesting for me because uh, I was interested in, in creating new stuff, new, new styles uh, with a violin and, and uh, with this uh, gypsy style, you know. Yeah. And. To my opinion, this had no place uh, on on a stage like Eurovision Song Contest. One question I often got is why a song of the of the guest is not on Spotify. Like I should know that, but <laughs> this time I really would like to ask you because not a single song with you is released on Spotify or iTunes under the name Egon Egeman. Why? That's a good question. I guess uh because when I did my research for this interview I tried to find the songs of yours and it's more or less impossible if you don't live in Switzerland. Mhm. It's a pity. Yeah. It's definitely. a great pity. <laughs> 
Yeah. But can't that be changed? Uh, I think uh, I had many songs uh, in the in the in the airplay of radio stations. Yeah. Particularly if, uh, in regard to this uh, Mad Manouche uh, project, and at that time Spotify was not really. I think it didn't exist. Spotify came later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and iTunes too. But you can always re-release yeah. an album. Uh, maybe I should do that. Yes, please do that. It's it's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> please do. What are you doing today in your life, Egon? Today, I stopped teaching. I just do what I like to do: playing music and uh, a little bit producing. I still have my studio. And uh, that's it. I know you are doing some projects nowadays, like Mad Manouche, and you are working with your children on those projects. Well, we we started to work this uh, with this uh, two generations project uh, already in the beginning of the two thousand years. Yeah, and uh, we had the chance to join a, a big show with this uh, star dances from river dance yeah and i composed the music of uh, of this big show called sky dance uh, and i composed the whole irish part you know yeah and that's why the the, the music style of this uh, two generations project was characterized by this uh, irish uh, style you know and Yeah, it was a, a great experience to to be with the children on stage. The children were at that time quite young, and they liked it. They liked it a lot. And my daughter also played the violin. And Sasha, my son, he he is still in my project, in my latest project now. It's it's called Egemann in Querbeat and 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 uh, just violin and uh, guitar, you know, with my son. Yeah. some uh, breakthrough on the world music charts yeah with Matt Manouche we had uh, three albums in the top five of the of the of the European world music charts yeah we had a quite big radio success with with a few of these songs you know <laughs> Can you live on your music, or do you have any other work? No, I live on my music. That's. Uh, But how? What has the last years been for you? I mean, no concerts because of the COVID. 
the last year was a kind of disaster. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that. But I'm in the lucky situation that I I did a lot of of pre work and I I can make a, a good living on my uh, music rights because all these hundreds of songs that I wrote and composed and and produced bring a good good money, you know. Yeah, yeah. Egon, are you on uh, social medias? Uh, yes, I am. As Egon Egeman on Facebook, but I'm I'm a very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> you could see. It. <laughs> but how do you interact with your fans? Basically through Facebook, but not on Instagram. You yeah, know, that's yeah. it's that's not that's not my world. I always ask my guests. As the last question, who they think I shall invite to the podcast? Who do you suggest? Uh, should it be something from Switzerland? Or, uh... It's up to you. But please don't say Celine Dion. No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be very interesting if you could talk to Toto Cotonio. Yep. Yeah. I totally agree. Great suggestion. Yeah. I have another funny thing yeah, that could yes. it could be really funny. Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> uh, because I did in in uh, 2015. I made a dream come true for myself. You know, like like making a production in Styrian language. Do you know what it is? No, no, not really. Styrian is my mother language. It's a it's an Austrian dialect. Okay, yeah. And I, I produced an album in Styrian language, you know. Yeah. It's a kind of, of folk uh, touch, you know. Yep. And I will send a song from this album to you. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. Und immer wieder frag ich mich, ob es fällt mir dazu nichts ein. Und dann weiß ich, warum ich da bin. Wann wird mir klar, warum das Feuer brennt in mir. Und dann weiß ich, was mich stark macht. I must ask, because you said here before that you could live on your music because you had done so many productions. What is your biggest hit? First of all, of a lot of things are still happening with the songs of Paldauer. Yeah. And they are still... still uh, active as a active band. Active and making money, you know. Yeah. And they have been active since 1969. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and they are still really active, you know. Like, like. Uh, but one of the of the Mad Manoush songs, "Train to New Orleans." Yeah. This is uh, really a, a radio hit, mm. and and it, it's it's still burning in the radio.
Thank you so much, Egon. This was a lovely Friday. Thank you. It was nice to be with you. <laughs> I'm honored. And thanks to you, my dear listeners, both in and outside of Switzerland. If you wish to contact me, my mail is email at lagervanana.se and you'll find us on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe so you always are updated with new episodes and I hope we meet again soon. We keep in touch. That would be nice. Yeah? Yeah. Bye-bye. your song.